This is One on One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With the top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One on One's NFL Friday. And it is lucky week 13 in the NFL. Kenny Ducey, DJ Sixsmith with you on WFUVsports.org. It's one-on-one and one-on-one's NFL Friday. DJ sitting in for Mike today. And, well, you got a hot seat there, mister. And you got a hot seat because you like Drew Brees even after I'm in the majority on that. Well, you know what? Obviously, it was a bad game for him yesterday, but... He had a game. He had a streak of fifty-four straight games throwing a touchdown pass, and you're happy that the streak's over. I am. Come on, man. I, and I and I also was the guy who picked the Saints to end the Falcons' undefeated streak. So it's not like you can get really mad at me for hating on the Saints. You have to pick one way or the other. It's either the I mean, Falcons or it's Brees. okay. But but people people think Drew Brees is the best quarterback in the NFL, and that's just false. He's top three. Just false. He's top. He's, he's top three, but he's not the best. And people. I I just I have a a bad feeling about the way people put him on a pedestal. I, look, he's he's accomplished so much in his career. Very you know he holds records. He's he's a very good quarterback. I just I ha- I'm happy to see the streak end. Now maybe someone like RG three could take that over. You never know. You, nev- you never know. Your your boy Tom Brady. My bo- break my the boy Tom Brady. All right, everyone. Knows week seven that he's of the not. NFL next week. Tom next year. Excuse me. Tom Brady will have the record. Oh, all right. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind there. But the Falcons. They were keeping the Saints in mind when they beat them twenty-three to thirteen last night. Saints now five and seven. Are the playoffs out of out of the conversation now? They're looking pretty bad. Two and four road record. I'll say this, Kenny. Obviously, on the road, they haven't been the same team as they are at home. But the NFC isn't that great. Even though the AFC is having a down year, I still like the Saints going forward. I mean, this is an experienced team playing a very tough Atlanta building last night with Drew Brees throwing five interceptions. That's not going to happen on the road every single time. The Falcons did their job, but I still like the Saints going forward. If they can establish some sort of running game, Pierre Thomas, 84 yards last night. Mark Ingram, he got in the end zone. They have Chris Ivory. They got a lot of different pieces that can run the football. You got to get him the ball. Obviously, Breeze is your number one piece there on offense, but he needs some help. Yeah, there's talent there, and it really is precarious how they have a great passer and all those great running backs you mentioned, and they can't seem to climb up the ladder in these NFC playoff standings. You look at it now, DJ, and it's a tough road ahead. You got Tampa Bay at six and five, Minnesota at six and five, and keep in mind those guys still haven't played this week. They could both be seven and five. You got uh, Washington, Dallas ahead of them as well, and those are guys five and six. One of those guys could fall to five and seven, or both of them. No uh, question, but, but you don't know. And again, I mean, these are it's not like these are, you know, bad teams. You got Adrian Peterson on Minnesota, Josh Freeman doing big things in Tampa Bay and hey, I mean, RG3, you never know, a playoffs could be uh, in sight for him. It's a tough road going forward, no question about it. But you know what? This team was 0 and 4 to begin the year. From where they started the season to where they are now, it's been such a steady improvement. And how about the defense last night? They only gave up 23 points. This is one of the worst defenses in the league, and it's about to be the worst defense of all time. And you hold Matt Ryan to one touchdown and Michael Turner to one touchdown? That's good news going forward for your squad. So if the defense can play well, obviously Josh Freeman, he's doing his thing for Tampa Bay. Minnesota, they struggle a little bit with Christian Ponder at quarterback. And, of course, those Washington and Dallas games are going to be difficult. We're talking about the New Orleans Saints here, okay? We're not talking about a team like the Seahawks or like the Bucks, who hasn't been there before and doesn't understand the magnitude of the moment. The Saints do. Normally at this point in the season they have a winning record, but you know what? Something special is going to happen in New Orleans this year. 
I, were you more surprised that the Saints lost or that Michael Turner had over 50 yards in the game? <laughs> I think, you know what, obviously that that's a fair point, but <laughs> Turner still got his touchdown. I thought the Saints would win this game. I thought after last oh, week. That would be close. They're closer than this. After last week's loss to the 49ers, I thought, okay, this is the game where they reclaim that NFC South. They really make it interesting. But you know what? This is looking like Atlanta's year. I won't give the Falcons any real credit, though, until the playoffs because I've seen this team the last few years. They can win in the regular season. But can they win once the postseason starts? I'm not sure about that yet. But you know what? They're the best team in the NFL right now. They're 11-1. and They've done the job. And boy, do they have some pieces around. Roddy White. Julio Jones. I mean, it's Tony just, Gonzalez Tony still Gonzalez. catching that football. How about that catch last night? Oh, my goodness. I mean, this, he, should, he should play for 10 more years. This team is loaded. I don't know about that. He may need his <laughs> AARP <laughs> card. But this Atlanta team is going to be very difficult to beat. It's not going to be the same Falcons team that went on the road to play the Giants in the playoffs last year. So look out, NFL. Matt Ryan's doing his thing. The Falcons are for real. The Saints, they need some help going forward. And it looks like there's luck on on the Falcons side too. They win that game against Arizona. Now, given it was Arizona, so and how about the you Carolina game too? Yeah, I mean, but Arizona turn the ball over six times and still win the football game. That rarely happens. If it happens against any other team besides Arizona, it's a loss. And and, and I mean, we could see like. 15 turnovers in the Jets-Arizona game coming up. We're not going to talk about that right now, though. How about those Giants? And uh, let's get into some of their talk. And without further ado, let's hand it over to Eric Mallow. I picked the Giants to lose to the Packers last week. We all make mistakes, don't we? It would be an understatement to say that the G-Men just won last Sunday night. They dominated Green Bay 38-10. The defense was stifling, and Eli looked like he was coming back to normal. Unfortunately, running back Andre Brown, who leads the team with eight rushing touchdowns, broke his fibula and is done for the year. It's an obstacle the Giants need to overcome, but they'll have an extra day to prepare without him for their next matchup Monday night when they face the Washington Redskins. And Coach Tom Coughlin understands that despite their defensive struggles, their offense is a force to be reckoned with. They do have the ability to score. They're plus 12. Their offense is 7th overall, 26.8 points per game. They do an outstanding job of that. The Redskins have come alive of late, thanks to heroics from rookie quarterback Robert Griffin III, who has thrown eight touchdown passes in his last two contests. Griffin III was fantastic in his first meeting with New York, completing over 60% of his passes and throwing for two touchdowns. And with Griffin's running skills and the emergence of rookie running back Alfred Morris, the Skins have a stellar rushing attack, another phase of the game the Giants will have to shut down. So what do the G-Men need to do to move their record to 8-4 and four and increase their division lead to three games? Well, they should do something similar to what they did to Green Bay. If Eli's hot... He should keep throwing the ball, allow the run game to get going, and smother the pocket as much as you can on defense. Aaron Rodgers looked rattled last week, and I think the Giants can do the same to RG3. My prediction, the Giants will pull out another win and stretch their division lead further. Giants 26, Redskins 24. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. And the soothing sounds of Eric Mallow and that that music, best music beautiful. on the staff. No beautiful, wow, about. well done, Eric. And he, he's uh, he's out producing for uh, Fordham basketball. But look, DJ, this big game coming up. Coughlin said it was the most important game. Nick said it's the biggest game of the year. They're playing RG three. You know what he can do with the feet. And 
Hey, Hakeem Nix, though, I just mentioned him. He's looking pretty good, and I think that's going to be the X factor in this one. Well, Kenny, the funny thing is he's still not 100% healthy, and what he did last game against Green Bay, that was probably about 75%. So if we see that, Hakeem Nix, for the rest of the year, this Giants offense is going to be just fine. Obviously, you lose Andre Brown, most rushing touchdowns on the team. That's going to be big. But David Wilson, he's still there. He's your first-round pick. He's been doing great on kick returns. He's going to get some looks. He just needs to hold on to the football. A huge test for the Giants, obviously, on Monday night. Listen, they saw what RG3 could do. He had his way at MetLife, but now he's in his house in the nation's capital. It's about to go down. He's ready for this team because he knows the Redskins are right on the brink, right on the cusp, Kenny, of that playoff spot and up for grabs in the NFC. Yeah, and he also knows he almost won that game in the Meadowlands if it weren't for Eli the the hero. He made the throw to Santana Moss. His defense let him down. I mean, so uh, you got to have full confidence against the Giants. No he's, question. He's making throws. Josh Morgan's getting unsportsmanlike calls. It's it's all over the place with the Redskins. But uh, I mean, the rushing attack. Malo mentioned it. You know, pretty solid. Uh, Alfred Morris is having a good year. RG three. He gave him his endorsement as rookie of the year recently uh, over the week. And I mean, how could you not? The guy's been running very well. RG three is passing the ball very well, and you. You look at this Giants defense and what they did against Aaron Rodgers. They flushed him out of the pocket. They made him make bad decisions. They made him force passes in there. And that is exactly what what I was talking about in the last episode when we were previewing this game. They need to do that. They need to get pressure on the quarterback because that's how they won the Super Bowls, DJ. And if they can do that against RG3 and and limit his his escape options, if you will, then they're going to be just fine. That's the winning formula. That's that's it right there. And finally, that D-line comes to life. I mean, I thought Justin There's Talk so much talent. How could it OC Humanure and all those guys, they were just taking the last few weeks off. They're getting ready for the home stretch. But yeah, that was that was huge against the Packers. And in that game against the Redskins early on, they had some good hits on them. Tuck was there, Humanure, and of course Pierre Paul was doing his thing. So if that giant D-line can force RG3 to make bad plays like he did with a couple picks at MetLife, the Giants are going to be in a great position to win this game. But my worry is the secondary. Kenny Phillips re-injured after coming Mm -hmm. back last week. Where is this team? Because Corey Webster has not had a great season by any stretch of the imagination. And he got absolutely burnt to a crisp against Jordy Nelson early on in that game. And fortunately, he got it together. He had a pick against Rodgers. But to me, Webster's the X factor. He's your primary cornerback. He's your number one guy. He needs to start playing like it or else RG3 is going to have a feast. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about the Giants' secondary except that it's just severely depleted? And, I I mean, you know, it's interesting to me what RG3 is going to have his most success doing on Monday night just because, uh, you know, obviously you want to say passing because the Giants' secondary is so terrible. But, I mean, if you get the blitz, you get the blitz up the middle. I mean, what if he rolls out? I I could envision him having a decent amount of rushing yards in this game and obviously – you know that's no surprise because it's Robert Griffin the third and and he's an animal on the ground. But I, I think that the the their Giants will maybe play the pass so much that he could be opened up for the run. I mean Coughlin understands that this guy's mm-hmm. a dual threat, but I, I don't know if the Giants are fully prepared for both passes of the game. You know I think they are, and if this is the beginning of the year, I would say I would agree with you. RG three would run a lot, but after he took that big hit on the sideline against the Falcons. This is a different quarterback. And give the Giants secondary some credit. They shut down, in your opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL last week in Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's a story for another day. All right. Let's let's just just stay with Big Blue here. The fact of the matter is that in this game early in the season, 
They did a great job of containing RG3 and for the most part keeping him in the pocket. He, you know, that obviously that fourth down play where he was running around and he found the backup tight end. That's what RG3 can do. But this defense is ready, ready, Kenny. They faced Cam Newton. They faced RG3. They know the type of situation they're going to be in. But the read option works very well for them last last time these two teams played. And Alfred Morris had a great first half, but in the second half they made adjustments. So I have full confidence in the Giants. Barry Fuel is going to have this defense ready to play. They did it against the Packers, and they should be just fine against the Redskins on Monday night. Now, DJ, uh, the Redskins, they're going to recognize this guy, Ryan Terrain, who's going to step into a Giants uniform on Monday night. As for Craig Lumpkin, you know, if, you, if you played fantasy football, you understand these guys are the biggest goal line vultures out there. They, they just get goal line carries. And those are two guys potentially replacing Andre Brown, trying to step into his role. I want to I know, because I, I don't know how well you know Craig Lumpkin. He played for the Bucks last year, got, a, got goal line carries. And obviously, Ryan Terrain, he had the lion's share of the carries mm-hmm. in Washington at one point. So, I, I mean, do, do you see any of these guys as a guy who could maybe put the Giants over the top? Because Bradshaw is not going not gonna to run right up the middle and punch it in on the goal line. David Wilson sure isn't because he's a speed back. I, do you think these guys could make a big impact? I mean, I could see him making an impact, but they've obviously been with the team for just a little while. So, I, I don't see immediately that happening. But how about Hynoski? He's never scored a touchdown before. I thought he was finally going to get it last week, but Eli sailed it over his head. Why not let him just plunge it in? Look what the Packers did with John Kuhn, Kuhn last week. Excuse me. He was a major part of their offense because they have no running game to speak of without Cedric Benson, and Starks is also hurt. So, you know what? I like those guys that you mentioned. I'm not confident in them. I'm confident in Hynoski. He blocks the living daylights out of people on defense. That's true. So you know what? Reward the big man. Let him finally the get in the end. Let him finally get in the end zone. I- I'd like that. And and for any of you Giants fans out there, the team also worked out Ryan Grant and Cadillac Williams. Listen to those names. I like Cadillac Williams. I love Cadillac, man, but you know they, they he didn't make the cut. Apparently Ryan Terrain and and Lumpkin get the get the nod. Uh, real quick, the other Giants notes before we go into the prediction and talking about this. Uh, Victor Cruz leading NFC wide receivers in Pro Bowl votes. So you guys out there doing a pretty good job, I guess. I'm sure I'm sure you voted 20 times already, DJ. No votes for me yet. No votes yet. If I, if I start to, those numbers are going to go way up. So you can, so you can put about you know, 300 more uh, to Cruz's total. That eventually he doesn't even, he doesn't even need DJ. my help, Kenny. He's going to be right up there the whole Salse, season. Salsing right all the way there. All right, well, let's get to predictions, DJ. And and for me, the the Giants. Now we'll do predictions and an X factor here. I think the Giants, uh, Hakeem Nix. I've said it right at the beginning of this segment. If he continues to play as he been playing, he's been playing because I personally I thought that was the problem with Eli Manning is he didn't have Nix. If he continues this success, fourteen catches over the past couple of games, I think the Giants can have a big offensive day and RG three he'll score, but the, the Giants will keep him at bay a little bit. I'll say it's. 34-24, the Giants take this one. And, you know, for me, I say it's Bradshaw. I think he's the biggest piece okay. on that offense because the guy doesn't practice all week. And if you're a Giant friend, you're afraid, what's this running game going to look like? And then he comes out on Sunday and he just goes to work. He just tears through defense. And if he can do that against the Redskins, the Giants offense clicks. That opens up the passing game. That allows your boy, Hakeem Nix, to get down the field in Victor Cruz. I don't see the Giants scoring as many points against the Redskins, but I still think... They'll take this one 24-17. All right, 24-17. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's if Knicks does what Knicks does, the Giants should easily win it. But if he doesn't show up, it's anyone's game, in my opinion. Uh, 
In the back, Nick and Julian both taking the Giants. Mike They're Watts. They're smart guys. They, 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 are, they are intelligent. Mike Watts, uh, he sent in his picks but failed to, to send in the New York picks. So uh, we'll wait until next week when he'll inevitably claim that he picked the Giants. I'll, I'll ask him right after <laughs> the show. But anyway, I think it's time about to move on to that. The, the more uplifting team in New York. Just kidding. It's, it's, a, it's a wreck. It's the New York Jets. And let's see what Joe Vidiello cooked up with us, or for us, uh, on the Jets. After a nine-day rest, the reeling Jets return to action, this time against another 4-17, the Arizona Cardinals. If they can win out, Dan Green still has a chance of making the playoffs, but Rex Ryan isn't ready to make a guarantee. You try to win every game that, you, you know, that you're in, um, but I'm saying right now I'm not going to make a you know, Ryan guarantees playoff or something like that deal. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we have to get better. I mean, and it has to start right now, obviously. And, um, you know, but you can't, you can't look down the road. You know, of course you'd like to run the table. And I guess it's human nature to, hey, I see what's, you know, on our schedule. We got to win all five. We got to do this. We got to do that. Um, we have to, we have to win this game. I'm sure many members of the Fordham community had this upcoming Arizona game circled on their schedules at the beginning of the year. Not because it will be a great matchup, but because it was supposed to be former Fordham Ram John Skelton's return to New York as Cardinals quarterback. Unfortunately, Skelton's disappointing play has led to him being benched in favor of rookie Ryan Lindley. In his first start last week, Lindley did not fare much better. He threw for over 300 yards, but was also intercepted four times and held without a touchdown. I see the Jets taking advantage of this weakness and limiting the Cardinals' offense. My prediction? Jets 20, Cardinals 13. Covering the... I'm Joe Vidiello, WFUV Sports. And thanks to Joe Vidiello for that one. Finally, finally he picks the Jets. It's about time. It's about time. They're playing the Cardinals, DJ. They're awful. Do you expect him to pick victories? Have you seen? They're atrocious. So what what does that make the Jets? The Jets are a little bit better. At least you look at some bright spots in their season. They killed the Rams. They beat the Colts, who have beaten some pretty good opponents this year. Wiped the floor with the Bills in Week 1. At least they've done something. That's what everybody said. And then all of a sudden, now apparently the the Bills are a good team. The Cardinals started the season 4-0. Obviously, they haven't won since, but keep in mind, (laughs) They beat the Patriots. I mean, this they had some good wins along the way. Obviously, all, it, listen. It, it, if Kevin Cobb did not get hurt, I still think this Cardinals team is in the mix. And I'm not a okay, Kevin Cobb okay, fan. Okay, I'm obviously a more of a John Skelton supporter. But Kevin Cobb had these guys playing well. You don't beat the Patriots by accident. That's all I'm yes, saying. Yes, you do. What the Jets what the, do it all the time. What did the Jets do on Thanksgiving? I said that they gave up over 40 points. And now you're saying this team may go to the playoffs? Yeah. That's exactly I, I what I'm saying. Completely disagree. Okay, with so would you would you call the Arizona Cardinals? Okay, you know they don't they don't win four games. You know just by luck. Would you call the 2011 Bills a great team? A, a good team? Would you call 2010 Bills a good team? Two teams started listen, out four and zero, listen, and then nothing. Trash again the whole season. I, I'm just saying the Cardinals are not trash. That's their all. hot starts. Their offense is not great. Every year their hot starts, and then they're mediocre teams by the end. But. Anyway, we'll try not to fight each other. We'll look at, we'll look at the rest of the schedule here. Or, or rather, coming up, we already talked about the Thanksgiving game on, on the last episode, but Arizona, they're a team not that great of a running attack, not that great of a passing attack. Their defense, they're all right. 
But the Jets, the biggest problem the Jets have had this year is stopping the run and, and you know, obviously stopping elite quarterbacks like Tom Brady. But, I mean, they, neither of those appear on the Arizona Cardinals roster. And for that reason, I mean, you can expect the defense to show up. It's all about if the offense can just put a touchdown on the board. And we saw Sean Green carve up the, the Rams' defense. Uh, for or Not the Rams' defense, excuse me. Carve other defense. In the Indianapolis defense, 161 yards, even... Against New England, seventy-one yards. So I mean, right, that was in that was in garbage time. Come on. I mean, seventy. I don't even like Sean. Keep Green, in mind, but... Sanchez threw for three hundred yards in that game, and the majority of those came in the second half. All right, so let's just Still throw let's the throw game. the Patriots game out the window. Well, the the fact of the matter is, Sean Green he hasn't been good. I'm not gonna say he's been good because I don't like Sean. Because that would be either. a lie. It would be a lie. But he's been he's been all right of late, and I think that this is a perfect matchup for him to run all over the Cardinals just because. I mean, they're just—they're a team with issues, DJ, and not no real great talent outside of maybe Rod Stevens howling, and then of course Larry Fitzgerald and Kerry Rhodes that I see on this team. Listen, I think both teams have a lot of issues, and obviously something has to give on this game on Sunday. But keep in mind, Beanie Wells is back for the Cardinals. Obviously, he only had 48 yards in the last game, but he did have two touchdowns. So. I would give the Cardinals a little bit more credit for the running game than you are right now because Stevens Howling is there. They got two guys that can run the football well. And look, Lindley did not play well by any stretch of the imagination last week. He had four picks. He was forced to throw the ball 52 times. Okay, but there's a reason why he's starting and John Skelton is not. I don't. I give the Cardinals a fighting chance in this game. I'm just not confident in where the Jets are right now. I mean, who after who everything is? that happened, and I don't know why you are. That's that's my thing. I, here. I'm not. Uh, everyone thinks that I'm this guy who's who's saying the Jets are going to go to the playoffs. I am just saying that they have a chance. They have a chance, Everybody's and no one gives a them chance a chance. At this point. No, they don't. Uh, the, the Cardinals don't have a chance at making the playoffs. The Jets have an outside chance at making the playoffs just because. The AFC, it, not an outside chance, a good chance. Because the AFC is trash, DJ. There is no team running away with any of these wild card spots. You look at the Steelers, and they have Charlie Batch at QB, and Ben Roethlisberger could die if he steps on a football field right now due to his rib injury. You know, you, you look at, okay, the Ravens, but they're winning the division now because the Steelers are out of it. The Chargers, they haven't looked very good at all. They have a lot of problems on their team. Again, the, the Jets aren't a great team, and I don't expect them to run away with this wild card, but it's wide open at this point, and... With the with the wins against the right teams, they don't even have to go uh, and win all five of these. Just four of one, four of five, they could make the playoffs. And it's not again. You think I'm a Jets fan and I want the team to make the playoffs? No, I want a good draft pick and a shot for Rex Ryan to maybe make a good draft pick for once in his in his Jets career because you know Vernon Golston didn't pan out. I think Copels will be all right. Wilkerson, but all right, Kenny. The, the fact of the matter, DJ, this matchup, a winnable one, they go from the best quarterback arguably in the league to the worst quarterback in the league. And this is the bottom line right here. If Rex Ryan would like to be the coach of the Jets next year, he needs to win some of these games. If they continue to lose that, I don't think he'll be back. Really? I, I don't think Mike Tannenbaum will be back. How can you bring him back? I agree after, with Tannenbaum. I don't know. It's a miracle that the obviously, Rex Ryan's won four games with this roster. Obviously, this admit roster. That. It admit is, that. I will admit that. Obviously, it's Tannenbaum's creation, but. You know what? Rex Ryan is the face of this team. He's the guy, the leader of the squad. And if you're not getting it done with what you have, well, you know what? Tough tarts. That's what happens. If you're the head coach and you don't have the greatest talent, you got to make it work. Obviously, this Jets team mirrors a Division II college football team with mm-hmm. the wide receiver core. But you know what? The head coach doesn't have control over the player personnel. you got to coach what you have, okay? We've seen some other teams that have certainly made the best of their situations. And if Rex can't win... 
after everything that happened last year with eight and eight and losing in Miami, why do you bring him back? I start over. First I two years. Ask, First look, two years. That's look, why I bring him got, back. It's true. But Kenny, you know as well as I do, this New York media, this New York fan base, they live in the here and now. And they've killed Rex Ryan. And they have. They're they're not gonna remember those two AFC championship runs and it's sad. But but I'm I'm not saying they kill them they, they kill him in the press and they say oh he's a bad coach. I'm saying his his the way he conducts himself off the field, in the press conferences, the way he talks up his team, he makes his team have confidence in them themselves. That he makes them feel like they're actually good. They have a fighting chance. If he's talking smack to the Patriots like he did before the week seven game, they think, Wow, we're in this, our coach believes in us. We can have we can win this game, even if they're not talented. And you know what happens? People they'll lose and people will say, Why did he say that? Why did he guarantee a win? Why did he, you know, depict the other teams? Focus I, on your I'm own. Okay and you know that. what just happened? He, he Rex played nice. He chose not to talk about the Patriots. He didn't talk any smack. He told his team to stay out of the media, and they lost by 30 points. Historically, he doesn't do well when he doesn't talk smack and when he doesn't, you know, hype up the upcoming matchup. And and I think that that's a product of maybe Woody Johnson, who I don't agree with a lot of the the personnel decisions he might have influenced. Maybe he's the guy saying, "Rex, you got to tone it down. We're losing. You can't say this." I mean, that's just him. Like, let him be him. And I, I think that's what happened the first two years, and that's why he was successful. You know, I'll agree with you there. That's his mo. I'm fine with Rex doing that because I agree. A player, uh, excuse me, a coach who's very passionate about his players, usually that rubs off on your players. But what I'm saying is that I've just been disappointed with the way that Rex has handled his on the field business in terms of what he's done with Tony Sperano bringing him in and what this offense has looked like and what this defense has looked like. I don't even care about everything that goes on off the field. I'm just saying the on-the-field product yeah. has not been where it has been. You in the fire Sperano too? Yeah, no I, question I, about I it. I mean, I would. And, and it's just because of this Wildcat, it didn't work. I didn't think it could get worse than Schottenheimer, <laughs> honestly. And Sperano proved me wrong. Can we just talk about this Wildcat for a second? Because And Tebow's inactive, by the way, for those, uh, those of you out there rooting for the Jets. So here's here's the thing with the Wildcat. All preseason, it was it was under lock. It was a secret plan that was going to work wonders in the regular season. It just hasn't been there. The bottom line is that Sperano has not utilized these offensive pieces the way that they are intended to. You don't know if they're ground and pound. You don't know if Sanchez is going to let it fly. It changes from week to week. And, and that's what happened last year, too. And that's what I thought that was the biggest problem. You need I consistency on the offensive side, and it just hasn't been there. I, I'm in the mindset that you need to start this team over. I think you got a lot of bad personalities. Bart Scott, Antonio Cromartie. These guys are good players, but they just don't work well with this team anymore. I think it's too many differentiating egos. And I honestly think that there needs to be some flesh, fresh blood on this team. I agree with you. It's like the FUV basketball team, no offensive identity. And really, you don't well, that's know. That's because you're running the point. Yeah, well, I, Matt, <laughs> I did not run the point. Alex Smith, our sports director, does. But uh, back to football real quick because we have to make predictions in, in a sec. But, DJ, Fireman Ed, I, I got to touch on Fireman Ed. He quits after the Thanksgiving game, and he cites the hostile nature people of the Jets fans. People thought. That he was being on, he was on the Jets payroll because he wore a Ridiculous. Sanchez jersey. They it's thought, ridiculous. oh, you're wearing a jersey. They're paying you to wear that jersey. I mean, come on, give the guy a break. He's he's. I mean, at least he's confident in his team. He he puts himself on the line, and it comes along with the territory. I feel bad for the guy. You know what? He's this big Jets fan. He's obviously been the face of the fans for all these years, and now he just is going to come to the games not as Fireman Ed, but just Ed. I mean, Kenny, Ed. if you if you see the guy without his his whole getup. Isn't that a little awkward that he's still going to come to the games and 
not be doing his thing, not be doing leading the Jets. Well, 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 the interesting thing about it is, I mean, the people around him know who he is. So if he has season tickets and he sits in the same seats, people yeah, are still going to heckle what's him. What's the guy going to do? Wear a ski mask to the game? And you know and what's going to happen? The camera guy's still going to search the crowd for an hour before the game and find him. So he's they still going to be firing at. He's just not going to be dressed up. So. I, I don't know. Maybe I think, he's, he'll, he I think he's, he'll get heckled more now. Maybe, he's maybe. He's, he's losing his post. Obviously, uh, people make the point that his loyalty is in question, but the guy was getting abused. It's not fair. But if he's going to come to the games, he better be ready for yeah. what Jet fans are bringing. And there's a great article by Tom DeSalvo on WFUVsports.com, if you care to read it, about Fireman Ed. But we're done with that. Uh, we're moving on here, DJ, to the or to the predictions of our Jets uh, our Jets segment here. Both the guys in the back, Julian and Nick, almost forgot the predictions. That's the, that's the funnest part of this <laughs> that's show. The best. They both picked the Jets. I think that the the Jets can't possibly lose to the Cardinals because the Jets, while they might be the fourth worst team in the league, the Cardinals are probably right there with the Jaguars at the bottom. So I'm going Jets. I don't even know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. It won't. It won't. 17-10. to 10. You know what? I'm going to be the one guy that doesn't pick the Jets. I'm going to say Cardinals win it. Well, we don't know what Mutt Watts did. So. Well, you know, and he always he loves to disagree with me, so he'll probably pick the 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 uh, the, the, the Cardinals. I can't remember who they're playing. That's how bad they are. But you picked the Jets, sixteen thirteen. No, why? I, pick, I picked the Cardinals. The Cardinals, excuse me. I think why? that this team wants to save its head coach and Ken Wisenhunt because he's on the hot seat right now. You start four zero. You've lost the last seven games, okay, and you haven't played well at all whatsoever. At a certain point, after you've been hit so many times, you got to fight back. And I feel like this Cardinals team coming into New York, they see the Jets are a little weak after that thrashing the Patriots game on Thanksgiving Day. I think they're going to play better than we have seen them in the past few weeks. I think they're going to make a statement, and, we, and it's going right. to be a huge Jay Feely day. Jay Feely, the former Jet, right, former I'll, Giant. I like that. I love Jay Feely, so I, I like that comment. Hey, they want him to do well. They have to put in John Skull. All right, moving on. General NFL. Alex Smith, DJ. This is this is the craziest story of the week because I, I, I thought okay, and and clearly Jim Harbaugh is listening to this show because I I advised Jim last week to please start Colin Kaepernick, let Alex Smith get healthy, and then bring him back in. It's a tough game, you know. They had a tough matchup last week. I thought that Alex Smith, you might want, you know, even though he's cleared, you want to make sure he's one hundred percent healthy. Mm-hmm. Put Kaepernick in for a game. Uh, now, apparently, Kaepernick is the starting quarterback. Alex Smith lost his job. He doesn't even know why he lost it. DJ, he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week just four weeks ago. How did he lose this job? It, it, it's, it's strange, but it happened just like that with the concussion. It reminds me of a very similar situation at the beginning of the last decade. Drew Bledsoe is the starting quarterback for the New That's England right. Patriots. Well, was, I mean, they, they needed Brady, though. He they gets hurt against Kaepernick. the Jets. All of a sudden... A guy named Tom Brady comes in. Obviously a little bit of a different situation, but, Kenny, you have to remember, when Harbaugh came to the San Francisco 49ers, Alex Smith was already there. He's done great – he's made great strides with Alex Smith, but Kaepernick's the guy he picked. Kaepernick's the guy he traded up for in the draft early in the second round to get him. He's the prototypical quarterback for Harbaugh's system because he can run, he can throw the short ball, but Kenny, the difference between him and Smith, he can throw that long ball effectively. And he, listen, can, he can run like, no like an animal. Alex Smith was having a fine season. He's a game manager, Kenny. He was doing his job. And he did the same thing last year, and he got all the way to the NFC Championship because of that. But I think what Harbaugh realized, what others have realized, is that if you want to take that next step, Kaepernick, he's a wild card. He could get you over the hump. Obviously, he can go one way and throw three interceptions a game. I think we're going to see that at some point this year. But he can also be the guy that breaks defenses down, who can have two rushing touchdowns, 
three throwing touchdowns and really changed the game. Obviously, you got to feel bad for Alex Smith because it's not fair to him. He did everything that Coach Harbaugh told him to do. But you know what? There's, there was just somebody better, There's somebody that better fits this system. But the question is, how do the older guys rally around a younger guy leading them now? Because yeah, Vernon Davis, Frank Gore, all those guys have confidence. Vernon Davis is going to love Ka- Kaepernick because he actually throws him the ball. It's true. He's going <laughs> to love him. But in terms of a comfortability with your offense, now they have a younger guy who hasn't been there before necessarily but is a better pure talent. I think it's going to work out fine, but wouldn't be surprised as the games get tighter, as the playoffs come along. There could be some issues with this team, but I'm a, I'm a Kaepernick fan. I think this team is now a lot better with him. And you just think back to last year's NFC Championship. I think the Giants would have lost that game if Kaepernick's starting. Now, obviously, he was a rookie last year, but he just changes the way you defend. And the Giants figured it out against him in the 49ers a couple weeks back earlier on the season. That was when Kaepernick was just being used in small packages. When you have to go against him every single down, Gets a lot tougher, but I feel for Alex Smith like you do. Yeah, and I mean, you saw Kaepernick even against the Jets. He T-bowed the Jets by running. Exactly. And, I mean, he's a very talented runner. I completely agree with everything you said. You just took it right out of my, the words right out of my mouth. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, look, the the demographic now for the quarterback, the, the prototypical quarterback, he's mobile, he can move, he can run for the first down, and we're seeing it all over the place, and, and he can do that now. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. Alex Smith is in a New York Jets uniform next year. Let's just oh, save. Lord. Let's save that one in the audio vault right there for next year's. What about, NFL. What about Sanchez's contract? I, it, I would not be surprised if Alex Smith is in a Jets uniform. That's all I'm saying. I, that's well, all I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll, I don't we'll know how it would happen. I don't know if it would happen. But we're already talking about the Jets. Look, the, the the 49ers. They're already DJ one of the strongest teams in in football really right now and now they add this mobile this young exciting quarterback there was someone wrote an article you know saying that he didn't like his tattoos i mean that's ridiculous if that's the only cur- knock you, you have on the, the guy have you ever seen the nba before yeah that's the only knock you have on the guy come on give me a break colin kaepernick i i also am a huge fan of him i love him coming out of nevada he's a he's just talented all around so i uh i i love him going forward for the 49ers and him and Gore and now they have he's throwing to Manningham now I'm sure you like and Randy that. Moss yeah he like Alex Smith he was a good quarterback but he had trouble finding Vernon Davis and again maybe that was because defenses the defenses they played early in the year were game planning against Davis maybe they were game planning but still, against how do you Manningham. not find a guy who's exactly. six foot five running throw, over the middle of the field and he, and he did at occasions but it wasn't enough Vernon Davis is one of the more talented receivers at, at any position in football in my opinion you got to feed that guy the ball I mean the weapons on this team ridiculous but anyway that, that's all for the Alex Smith thing I want to get to the injuries DJ because Michael Vick LaShawn McCoy both concussed and both out for this game uh, that the Eagles are going to play in this week. And then they cut Jason Babin. And Jason Babin, okay, he he couldn't, he could have gone to another team. He chooses the Jaguars. Why? I think he just wanted warm weather. Honestly, he knew it was the winter. He knew he wasn't going to be there for the future. He just wanted to go somewhere warm. But I'm, I'm just kidding around here. Why would he not want to go to a playoff team? a team like the Falcons, a team like the Patriots. But there's something there's something about this situation, Kenny, that's that's a little fishy with me because Brian Dawkins was on ESPN talking about this, a former Eagle. And he was saying that during his time with Andy Reid, he never saw a player get cut in the middle of the year. The only player he saw this happen to was Terrell Owens. And we all know what happened with T.O. in that locker room. Yeah. I think there was a bigger issue here 
with ba- with Babin off the field. I think there was a problem. Reed didn't like it anymore. He wanted to get rid of it, and I think other teams were weary of it. Obviously, the Jaguars could care less because they're just trying to rebuild at this point, but there's something a little bit dicey about this situation, and if you're Babin, I don't understand why you don't choose a team other than the Jaguars, but the Bills put in claims on him. I mean, nobody of the playoff teams ever touched him. Nobody claimed a waiver, so it was surprising to me, but going back to the injuries, Vic concussed. McCoy and Deshaun Jackson now out for the yeah. year. So the Eagles, Andy Reid may not be back next year. I don't think he will be. It's a very difficult situation going on. Not only the Bills, because I don't like the Bills that much this year. What the Redskins, man? He could have gone to the Redskins. He could have played against the Giants. He could have played against the Eagles. He could have had a real shot at the playoffs. I mean, the Redskins are contenders. They have RG3, Alfred Morris. We were talking about it before. That's just that's just ridiculous. The guy must love sitting by the pool, or maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's like an Oliver Perez scenario where he just wants to be away from everyone. He just wants people to forget about him and just play in Jacksonville. Like, remember Richard Seymour? He got traded uh, to the Raiders, and he, like, refused. He refused to show up, and he he said, I'm not going to the Raiders. I'm not going to play. And now he plays. He's he's a stud in Oakland, but no one, no one remembers Richard Seymour because— he, I think he just wanted everyone to, f- to kind of forget about him, so he's kind of played his football. I don't know. It's a, I think it's Babin might do situation. that, but it is strange. It's really strange. And then, um, you know, other the other injury we're going to talk about real quick before we get to fantasy football, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he is still in a lot of pain. He still can't start for these Steelers. Man, I mean, they got a tough road to climb if they want to get to the playoffs. I mean, in my opinion, you look at their record, it's 6-5, and five and – they're not going to win the division. You look at Cincinnati; they're also six and five, tied yep. with them in that AFC North. You got the Indianapolis Colts at seven and four. Of course, you know the the the, the Chargers; they're four and seven. People give them a shot at the playoffs. It's a big loss. Give it's, the Jets a shot at the playoffs. They're four let's and just seven. Not talking about that team in green but, anymore. Yeah, we shouldn't. But I got I got again, a fun Pittsburgh, fact. Charlie Batch. They're not going to win with Charlie. Fun Batch. fact for you, my friend: since two thousand four, Steelers against the Ravens. When Roethlisberger does not play, Pittsburgh is zero and six. Wow. So, That's crazy. you know what? It's going to be a very tough situation on Sunday. And I am not a fan of Charlie Batch. I don't like Byron Leftwich. I say you start Brian Hoyer. I don't care if the guy doesn't know the offense. Used to be in the Patriot system. He's a great backup quarterback. He went to Mike Watts' high school, St. Ignatius, in the Cleveland area. Regardless, I think he gives you a better shot to win right now than a 37-year-old Charlie Batch or a Byron Leftwich coming back from broken rib. Look at Charlie. Charlie Batch is 1-4. Against uh, against the Ravens, that's just that says it all. Right that's there. five times too many that he's starting in my <laughs> mind. I agree with you. I he think, threw three picks against the Browns last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I don't like Charlie Batch. I completely agree with you. I don't. I mean, they're not. Gonna, they desperately need Big Ben back, but they do. I don't. Or think Jerome Bettis. I don't think he's or, coming you know, back Hines anytime Ward soon. Or, or someone like that. Hey, how about the running backs last year? Or, excuse me, last week, all four of them fumbled. Yeah, that's Dwyer, Redmond, Mendenhall, and um, like uh, Ra- not Rainey. Yes, Rainey. Yeah, Rainey. Rainey. Yeah, yeah. All of them fumbled. That that's not going to help you win. And then Mike Wass, what is he? The invisible man now? He doesn't he doesn't get involved. <laughs> no, he at doesn't all? get the. I mean, and Roethlisberger, you know, he loved to throw those deep lobs to the end zone, let Wallace run after it. Now, I mean, not going to get that with Charlie Batch. He's he's better suited on the couch. But anyway, let's go to some fantasy football now. Enough about that couch talk. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the top pickups of the week? Plus, start them or sit them to help you win your league. And for fantasy football, like every week, we welcome in Steve Seminary. Steve, uh, hopefully you did well last week in, in a crazy fantasy week with the, with the Thanksgiving and all that. 
Well, I'm not doing too well in my league, so that's that's kind of over. Here to help you Steve's guys. Steve's a seller. He's, he's, lose, he's losing to me too in the FUV league all the time, and you got to fix that, man. But <laughs> I, I mean, come on, Mark Sanchez is my second quarterback. You, Mine's you Tim can't Tebow. lose. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought I had it bad with Ryan Tannehill. Too. <laughs> hey, uh, he's, he's not too bad this year. But anyway, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, we're talking about all these names that are probably on the waiver wire, and if, if you got a, a guy sitting on the bench, or maybe a guy starting. That shouldn't be there. Who is it? Well, this week I would definitely start Charlie Batch, which I'm completely kidding wow. about. Completely DJ, you're not going to like that one. Well, last week, be a little more serious now, last week I said to get him in your lineup, and I like rookie Colin Kaepernick, and, well, he kept producing. So he's been too good for Alex Smith to get his job back, and he should continue to help fantasy owners this week against a poor Rams defense. Also this week, I like Andy Dolan at San Diego. Dolan has been on an impressive run the past three games, with at least 26 fantasy points against the Giants, Chiefs, and Raiders. He had a total of 10 touchdown passes with no picks over that span, and the Chargers' defense has allowed at least 20 fantasy points to the last three quarterbacks they faced. So I expect Andy Dalton to keep it up and Colin Kaepernick. Dalton's still slinging it, DJ. He was my fantasy quarterback last year, and you know what? I, I loved him having, a, having him on my team, so you know what? Why not? And Steve, let's talk about those running backs, some interesting ones out there on the waiver wire. Well, there are right now because the injury's piling up, getting a little later in the season. There's plenty of guys out there. Belial Powell of the Jets, Rashad Jennings of Jacksonville's back at starter. Felix Jones may continue to start with DeMarco Murray still out. So there are a lot of guys available. But I want to talk about some guys I would start this week. With LaShawn McCoy out for the Eagles, I like another no-name, Bryce Brown. Last week in McCoy's place, he had 19 carries for 178 yards and two touchdowns. He did lose two fumbles, but he had a promising outing and should be in line for plenty of touches once again this week against the Cowboys. Also a tailback, I like Arizona's Beanie Wells. He returned from an eight-game absence last week against the Rams to score 16 fantasy points on 17 carries for 48 yards and two TDs. He has a chance to score again this week since the Jets have allowed 11 touchdowns to running backs this Ouch. year, including four that last four games. So I expect Wells and Brown to have solid weeks. Hey, no, Bryce Brown, last time he started, DJ and Steve, high school. That was the last time he started a game. He not even in college. I Remarkable. think it's so funny. If you asked Eagles fans week 13 against Dallas, where would this team be and who would be in the backfield? Certainly wouldn't have been Nick Foles and Bryce Brown. <laughs> not at all. But uh, All right. I mean, we'll move it along here. We're going out of time. Wide receivers now. And, I mean, look, Denario. I, got a, I had a dilemma that I just resolved. Denario Alexander against uh, Denarius Moore. Who do I start? And Moore, his production's been going down lately. I want to get your opinion on that one because I think I made the right move. I want to see what you think. And then Maybe wide receiver starting. I, I, I did. Starting for Stidham, wide receiver. Well, Denarius Moore this week of the, goes against the Cleveland Brown defense. It's been tough to throw on the Browns of late, which shows how good their secondary is when Joe Hayden is healthy and active. I do think that Carson Palmer, his quarterback, should sit this week after coming off his worst game of the season last week against Cincinnati. So this is a good game, I think, to avoid Palmer and Denarius Moore. Another couple of big-name receivers I would stay away from is Mike Wallace and Larry Fitzgerald. I know it sounds drastic, but this has nothing to do with them, more in terms of the guys throwing to them. Charlie Batch and Ryan Lin- Lin- I'm sorry. Lindley. Lindley. Are the- that's, that's, how, that's, that's who Ryan Lindley is, really. No one knows his name. Yeah. Well, Lindley and Batch are the two throwing to them, and in the past two games... They haven't had much production with those those guys at quarterback, so I expect that production to continue to dip, and I would stay away from them too and Denarius more. All right, at that tight end position, 
We were talking about the disappearing act that's been going on with Vernon Davis. With Colin Kaepernick at the helm, does he make that that rise back up to the top? And and who are you sitting? Well, I like Vernon Davis, but that that San Fran offense is so spread apart and has so many so many weapons. You got Randy Moss, you got Michael Crabtree, you got Frank Gore, you got Brandon Jacobs. There's so many guys there. You never know what you're going to get from Vernon Davis. So I'm going to talk about a guy I do like this week, and that's Dallas Clark playing against his former teammate Peyton Manning. He's playing well coming into the game with at least six fantasy points in his last three games with two touchdowns over that span. I like Clark this week, and I don't like Heath Miller of the Steels against the Ravens. Like I said earlier, Charlie Batch is the one delivering the passes to the Pittsburgh receivers, and he hasn't done too good of a job of late. So I would stay away from Pittsburgh receivers, and uh, I would check that waiver wire. It's all about the waiver wire, Kenny. Oh, that's, you, that's... you win and lose on the waiver wire, in my opinion. All right, Steve, thank you so much. Now, it's time for my favorite segment, and maybe we have the right music. We, we, there's a great music track behind this one. Uh, it's time for the predictions. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. Oh, here it comes. Uh, this, this always gets me going, this music. All right. We're going into the crystal ball, and last week's standings, well, I went 2-4, and four, not the greatest showing. Nick, 4-2, and two, Julian, 3-3, three and three, all really across the board. Great performances, not so great performances. Uh, shout out to Julian, getting those compiled. But we got this week, guys, first game up, Seattle and Chicago. DJ, who you got? I'm going with Chi-Town, no question about it. You look at this Bears offense, what they did against the Vikings last week. Jake Cutler's back, he's rolling. Brandon Marshall's on the outside, Matt Forte. He's had some injuries, he's had some trouble, but I still like Chicago any day over an offense with Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Russell Wilson could get it done against the Chicago Bear defense. DJ knows by playing me and Madden, Russell Wilson never gets it done. Bears all the way in the back. Two Bears picks for Julian and Nick. Mike Watts on the road also picking Chicago. Moving on here, Indy and Detroit. It's Matt Stafford, it's Andrew Luck. DJ, who's winning this battle? I'll put it simply, Chuck Strong. Give me the Colts at oh, Detroit. All right. I'm going to say enough with the Chuck Strong and Detroit. It's going to get get, that, get get it together this week. You know, I picked Indy to beat uh, the Patriots. That never happened, and it wasn't even close. I got Detroit. Watts has Detroit. Julian has Detroit. And Nick also has the Lions. Moving on, Tampa Bay and Denver. Not quite the Manning Bowl here. Manning and Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman is playing very well. Steve, let's mix it up here. Do you got who do you have? I gotta like Peyton and Denver at this point. Peyton Manning riding the MVP race. I think he'll keep it going. Yeah, I'm going with the Broncos. Despite the fact that there's no Willis Reed, I have a feeling that Josh Freeman isn't gonna like that mile McGay, higher. McGee, come on, the, the torn ACL. You should remember. No, it's look. I mean, the running back situation. Hillman, who, who's taking the carries? It's Moreno, Moreno now this week. So yeah, I, I think Hillman could vulture in anyway. I take Tampa Bay in this one. The MVP is on the Broncos, in my opinion. But Josh Freeman and Vincent Jackson, too hot in the back. Julian taking Denver. Nick taking Denver. Watts taking Denver. Maybe I'm alone here. All right, toilet bowl. Someone's got to win this one. It's the Jaguars and the Bills. DJ, who's it, who's it going to be? My boy Chad Henney's going to get it done. Cecil Shorts the third is on the outside. I'm liking what the Jaguars do, especially when they're in those all-black unis. The Bills are a mess, so give me Jacksonville. It's going to be an ugly one, but i got to say Buffalo. I have to go with the Jaguars. Look at what Chad Henney did. And Justin Blackman is getting the ball, I gentlemen. hope Blaine Gabbert never starts another Justin game. Justin Blackman is getting the ball, and look at what he's doing. Jaguars in the back. 
Julian and Nick both with the Bills. Steve with the Bills. Watts with the Bills. DJ and I alone here. All right, upset time. DJ, who you got? I have a feeling that this week something magical is going to happen in South Beach. Miami over New England. Give me the fighting Joe Philbin still on the cusp of that AFC wild card. Steve, where are you going? Not, doesn't sound like a huge upset, but I like Cleveland against Oakland this week. I think the Browns will keep improving. San Diego desperately needs a win, and for that reason, I'm taking them over at Cincinnati. I'm I'm going to be wrong on that one, but so is so Mike. So I make the so, so is Mike. But anyway, Mike Watts, he wants Cleveland to lose so badly, and, and he knows that he's the top picker, so he's doing everything in his power to make that happen. He's got Oakland over Cleveland, Julian, Minnesota over Green Bay, and Nick... St. Louis over San Francisco? I was thinking about that Are one. you crazy? They just tied Are you crazy? Ago. No way in the world. All right. That's wait, it. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What are you going to do if Sa- if St. Louis beats San Francisco? What are you going to do? What, what am I going to do? I'll come on the uh, FUV Airways next week. Guys, what do you think? We get a different I'll host say, next week? And I'll say, come back? I'll say Tim Tebow should start for the Jets. That's what I will do if uh, if that upset pick is right. I'll, I'll I will make it a whole... I'll go around all week. I'll say Tim Tebow is the greatest. Mark Sanchez is terrible. That's, How about that's that? the deal. All positive comments. All about positive the Tebow. All negative Sanchez. All right. Nick has a request in the back, and he really what Julian? Now, this is going to be wants, good. Uh, he wants Kenny Ducey to proclaim the New York Giants as the best team in the NFL. That, that's that's I'll, the deal. We'll say that in New York. And we'll give you some, not in the NFL. We'll give you some Giants. Well, that's true. The Giants are, are the best team in the NFL, in New York. Come on, that's, that's you know ridiculous. You know, we'll, right, we'll in the NFL, up after I'll, I'll do it in football. All right. Anyway, for DJ Sixsmith, doing a great job across from me. Steve Seminary with the fantasy. Julian Adienza, Nick Legerfo behind the glass. I'm Kenny Ducey, and let's go, Mark Sanchez. This has been One on One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVSports.org. Join us next week as the guys take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.